brother, I recently came across a quote from Aristotle that says, happiness without fulfillment is failure. What makes you fulfilled? Just diving in deep and in, in, into it. Um, I mean, I think uh, I, I've, re I've referenced this word and I am sorry to report that I still am not 100% sure how to pronounce it, but it's the eudomania. Uh, or um, really, really big stoic uh, cornerstone where happiness doesn't really exist, but fulfillment through doing your job is what is most realistic for a lot of us. And for me personally, I get fulfillment by making sure that those around me feel like I'm a value add, whether it be a lifter that I work with or an employee on my team or my wife or my family in general. I really just feel most fulfilled when I am helping them or making them be better and making them be as happy as possible. A very large role that I play as a coach and also across the board, whether it be coach, friend, husband, things of that nature, is that I'm I'm a consistent rock. I am always the same. I have a very similar sentiment every single time that someone interacts with me. And I pride myself on being consistent, pride myself on staying on top of my deliverables. And I think that that brings me a very large amount of fulfillment. I think that that's probably a very low ball answer, but just simply experiencing life and being able to have more control more than most in terms of what I choose to do with my time and how I make my money and how I manage my relationships. I'm extremely lucky to be in a point where my friends know that I'm quite introverted and I might not be the person texting them every single day. Uh, my lifters know that I'm a very particular person and uh, I'm not accessible hundred percent of the, of, of the way, but the trade-off here is that I'll always be there for you when it matters. And I'll always be consistent in terms of my output with that person. And so being able to understand and be grateful that my life is pretty set towards everything I could ever ask for while also staying on top of it and making sure that I'm always paying it forward and showing gratitude and showing that positive value add to my stakeholders, I like to call them. Um, that's what gives you the most fulfillment. Also on top of that, Call of Duty also <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I'm a pretty big gamer. And so I don't know, I feel, I feel like my life is pretty, uh, on the outside, it's boring in the sense that I work a lot and I am to myself a lot. And I don't really share a lot. And that's one thing I'm trying to fix with respect to my Instagram presence and stuff like that. But in my head and on a day-to-day -day basis, I feel lucky and I feel that I did a good job most of the time. And that's largely what fulfills me. Discipline is freedom, right? I'd say so because you're given a specific lane and I find that a lot of people take their own lane for granted 
and they look at someone else either within their own profession or in their community and they're like, oh, I wish I had that or I wish I could do that, right? And that just tends to really muddy the waters in terms of how happy your own garden is going and living for other people. And we always want to gain the perspective or gain the enjoyment of what other people go through, but we never want to go for the trade-off of the bad stuff that they go through or the things that they go through that you might not necessarily be personally equipped to do. And so, yeah, I mean, staying disciplined in terms of your own lane and trying to embedder your own lane, absolutely a better way to go than trying to strive for the perks that other people have or the, you know, legs up that or perceived, perceived legs up that other people have. You reference, you reference yourself as a rock. How does the rock stay consistent? Sorry. So yeah, you re I referenced myself as a rock. What was the second thing you said? Sorry, my dogs went crazy. That's okay, man. How does the rock stay consistent? Managing my mood is really tantamount, tantamount there in the sense that there are some days where it takes five times the effort to do something that should be pretty straightforward. So we're talking like one check-in or one email or one favor for my wife or one chore around the house or something of that nature. And in my younger years, not to say that I'm old, I'm only 35, but in my younger years, I just was like, hey, you have to just push through it and do everything you possibly can to deliver on what people are expecting you to do. But lately I've taken more of a defensive approach where number one, I try to plan out days where I can just not be at a high level. So Thursdays for everything in the world is my day off where I just recharge. And what I've noticed is that when I take a day to recharge, the next day feels like shit. <laughs> so learning more about myself and learning more about how I react when I react, when I relax and how I feel after a high stress day and taking steps to ensure that I can actually get in front of those things as opposed to just land myself into a corner. Um, that has been incredibly helpful. So also managing expectations. Like when I started checking and I'm not feeling hundred percent, just being like, Hey, like today's not a great day. Like we talked about this in the last call where today's not the best day for me, but I'm doing the best I can. And next week I'll be better. And also like on days where I just feel like I just have no, I just have so much inertia to break through. That's when I'm more comfortable nowadays lately than being to, to being like, Hey, instead of forcing the issue, let me just tell everybody, Hey, you're going to get your responses tomorrow or Hey, just letting you know, I'm not ignoring you, but you'll get your uh, feedback tomorrow. And that has been incredibly helpful with making sure that I'm setting myself up for days where I feel prepared to get through a ton of work or prepared to get through a lot uh, at home. So making sure people know where I'm at 
communicating proactively and uh, being in touch with myself and also trying to figure out where that negative feeling is coming from. Cause usually it's from me being hyper fixated on one bad thing while everything else is going great. And I've noticed that on days where I don't go to the gym, I feel precipitously worse mentally. And on days that I don't go to the gym, I try to get some sunlight, try to take the dogs for a W-A-L-K. I can't say the full word or else I'll lose it again. Um, and just trying to be active and trying to do something positive for my health before I jump into my professional stuff. Uh, all of those have been incredibly helpful. I think it's a beautiful thing to, to hear coming from coming from your mouth, mate. Like people will see from the outside of like, oh, you're managing all these athletes, you're working full time from your desk, you know, from home, which means, you know, you can work 24 seven if you really wanted to, you know, we can, we can extract this from the fitness scene and stick it into whatever you want accountancy. Right. And it's the same, right. You've just got a desk and a, and a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection and bingo. There you go. You don't even need to sort your bed head out. You can roll out of bed still with a blanket over you and, and get to work. And I think that's a beautiful thing to hear from someone who seems like they have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. Um, what I mean by what people can hear from you is communicating the expectation and communicating that, hey, I'm running out of five out of 10 today. Uh, you're going to get my five out of 10 effort because that's what I'm running with. So you're going to get 100% of that. And tomorrow we're going we're gonna to figure out what we got then. But next week we'll sure as shit be better. You know, and I think uh, a lot of coaches specifically, we can speak for them. We're in that industry. We fall into that rabbit hole of like, no, 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 no. I have to like burn the bridge constantly and, you know, torch the candle at both ends and keep going and always provide a stellar service. And I'm, you know, part of me, the purest in me will say, yes, you do have to still provide the stellar service. It's You're in a service-based industry, you know, but at the same time, we're dealing with people. And if we're expecting people on the other end of the call, the other end of the program, the other end of, you know, the barber to be able to auto-regulate, then we need to be able to do the same and, and, and walk that walk as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a very big fan of the grinding aspect of coaching and mm. the grind set mentality that a lot of coaches have. But also at the same time, you have to go with what you have and you also have to go with what you know or go with what you're built to do, right? Um, I am someone that can grind pretty hard for a long period of time, not get bored. And I feel like that's a superpower. Yeah. But, and that's also what's been able to get me to a point where I'm managing all these athletes and staying on top of everything. And I enjoy doing it. And I think that for other coaches where they need more variety in their day and they need more breaks throughout the day, I find that a lot of coaches will look at other coaches like myself that will enjoy the grind and to a degree boast about how good they're grinding or how busy they are. 
but I never expect that from another coach. I never expect that from another athlete um, because it just simply works for me. And so what works for me just simply may be chaos to another coach or another professional. I always kind of fall back to this saying that what is chaos to a fly is serenity to a spider. It really just more so matters in terms of how self-aware you are and what you personally want to see out of your profession, whether it be coaching or otherwise. Having a little bit of self-awareness and knowing where your strengths are and really pandering to those strengths, as opposed to constantly trying to focus on your weaknesses, establishes a really great workflow, establishes great expectations from other people that you're working with. And I find that one of the biggest, most important things that a lot of coaches can really develop for themselves is just looking more inward as opposed to outward, trying to learn more about themselves, trying to learn more about where their strengths really are and selling those strengths as opposed to trying to catch up or trying to mimic the workflow of another professional. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I really couldn't. And I think those individuals out there that might look at you, I don't want to use the term hate, but be like, oh, look at you, you're boasting about, you know, how much you work or this is unsustainable or you, I don't know, you're trying to say everybody should be working 16 hours a day all the time. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you've not got any admiration for it. It might not work for you, but it's going to work for you, Sean. You know, it, that won't work for me. I can't have 100 clients and I work just from my laptop. But I also can't work in one industry. I need two, three, four. I need completely different things because I I get obsessed with things. I don't get bored. I get obsessed with it. I go the other way. And then I lose myself and my entire thought process goes into this one rabbit hole. And it's like, that's not, that's not healthy. I can't do that. Like, I, you will lose me in out of out of the matrix world right out of the online presence you me walking around you like, Al, what are you doing i'm like thinking about something so minute minute you know it's just so niche you're like why it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things my mind will just go straight into that and learning oneself as a coach is the greatest thing that you can do it's the greatest thing that you can do and the best coaches I've ever rubbed shoulders with had the absolute pleasure of learning from, coaching under, over, around, just being coached by them. If you really like looked at them and had a conversation with them, they know who the fuck they are. They know where their weaknesses lie. They know where their strengths lie. They know where it comes from. They know that they were a cunt 12 years ago in this specific, you know, situation. <laughs> They 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 know themselves. They really do, and it is a it is a superpower. It's a hard thing to do, you know, to stare into one's abyss and see what stares back. It's difficult. How do you have the balls to do that? It's a good question. I mean, <clears throat> I think it was more so a feeling of. I could do better or I could be better, but I just don't know what or where, uh, for a majority of my life up until about 21 years old, I was kind of just bumbling around. 
uh, where I was going from like, you know, full-time job to full-time job. Wasn't sure if I was going to go to college, wasn't sure if I was going to, uh, just be like, not to say that that this is a bad thing, but you know, I just was kind of resigned towards working a retail job, uh, and just making enough money to buy some cigarettes and some McDonald's and, you know, I was pretty resigned to that for a really long time in my early adult age. And I always knew that I could be a better person and I knew I could find my calling, but I think it just mattered in terms of hitting rock bottom and just getting to a point where I wasn't happy with myself. And when you get to that 18 to 21 age, you get less people around you telling you what you should be doing or what you should be trying. And the older you get, the more people don't give a fuck about you. And so I thought it was more so on me to see what I was most interested in. And it took a lot of negative experiences where I had a rough relationship with my family because I was raised by my Japanese side. And of course, uh, not doing well in school and not getting a corporate job is almost akin to you murdering somebody. Mm. Um, and everything that they were like, Hey, you should do this and this, and you should be this just never really drive with me. And so I was always more of a rebellious person and more of a, Hey, I'm just going to be a loser because I'm getting back at you or I'm gonna just do my own thing and live in a tent or something of that nature. Not to say that I ever did that, but I was prepared to go down that route. Hmm. And then I got to a point where, um, you know, I suffered a major heart heartbreak. Um, I wasn't really going anywhere special from a professional or social perspective. And I just decided like one day, like, Hey, let's just try really hard <laughs> for like, six months. Let's try really, really hard to like, you know, go back to school, um, get a little bit, you know, try a couple of different things that you might be interested in and just give it the best effort you possibly can. And I started to pick up some momentum. And from there, I learned more about myself, learned about where my interests really are and learned that it was actually possible for me to make something of myself. And I think that that's probably the biggest key is when you don't feel like you have any other options, you're going to inevitably give in. When you get that level of hope that there's something greater for you or that there's something more beneficial for you down the line, that's going to give you enough fire to push yourself for many years to come. And I think I was just mainly thankful that I gave myself a shot as opposed to resigning really early on and going down the path that I was going. And from there, funny enough, uh, after suffering that heartache, I got into fitness and long story short, fell in love with powerlifting and powerlifting ended up being the longest thing that I've ever done for myself personally, which is why it's never going to go away. Mm. Um, and I think, I think for me that like singular commitment really works really, really well, but brothers like yourself, for example, 
you need those like two to three different things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I just found that I can grind. I can work really hard. I might not be the smartest. I might not be the the most athletic and I might not be um, the most well-equipped, but I know I can work hard. Mm-hmm. And I use that as a base point to get me moving forward in anything that I try to do. I think that has to be the base. I think that has to be the foundation. You know, I think um, I think we've glorified a quick fix or an easy easy way out, or you know, a shortcut when it's actually the opposite. It's long, it's hard, it's grueling, it's dark, it's cold, it's wet, and it's fucking hard. It really, really is. You know, it's the whole quote of you only have to be right once. But you don't see all the no's. You don't see all the the wrongdoings, the failures, the fuck-ups, the trip-ups, you know, the wrong path or the right path, but just continuously be in that drum. And eventually you become a 30-year overnight sensation. You know, eventually you end up getting your quote-unquote breakthrough. But you've, you've done all the work previous. It is the building upon all that work over time, time, long ass time, you know, just continuously digging those holes, continuously getting up. It's fucking hard, man. Like, I think we need to do a better job of conveying that, but also do a better job of like, well, this is it, but how are you going to get yourself through that? You know, where is your small wins every single day? Where is those short-term goals. And I'm talking short, short-term goals. Sometimes it's, I need to get this thing ticked off of my to-do list in the next 30 minutes. And that's a short-term goal, right? Because eventually you'll end up, you're going to end up somewhere. But it's fucking hard. Could not have said it better myself, man. I mean, that's why sometimes I like to play chicken with my lifters, right? Where... <laughs> they're like, Oh, like I, I, you know, I didn't PR as easily this cycle around as I did the previous cycle. And I'm like, yeah, like sometimes I'll go six months to a year without anything really adding up. But those six months to a year where I didn't actually hit a PR, I might've gotten better habits. I might've learned something about myself. I might've improved the quality of my movement and especially the longer you go with anything, whether it be powerlifting or any, literally anything, the more it takes a hundred percent of your effort to just simply move the needle by 1%. So athletes that I coach, they, you know, I think Instagram has a very large part of it where they see lifters, that one lifter that can easily move like a hundred kilos heavier than they ever did. Mm. And then they'll base their entire personality on trying to get there in the fastest way possible. Mm-hmm. All that ever ends up doing is burning them out and getting themselves injured and taking away the true happiness, in my opinion. And that is seeing your own lane get better. Yeah. And, you know, if you personally improved yourself, and you personally had those small wins and you know that they're going to add up to a bigger win down the line. Why lose that main character status by just simply throwing in the towel 
or not wanting to grind to that just because someone got it faster than you or someone did it earlier than you did. And I think that comparison has really robbed people of their joy of their own progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm not going to be the most, the number one power lifter in the world, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be happy dying trying. Yeah. I think, I think from an outsider's perspective, they lose the spiritual journey that we embark upon when we, when we touch that Bible. You know, like uh, me and Mrs. were in the, the gym a couple of days ago and we were, we were squatting, right? And and uh, she's going relatively heavy. She's doing fours. And I was just like, right, it's time to kind of time to turn it on. And we we started getting in a conversation. I was like, well, every time I step underneath a barbell, I'm thinking, fuck you. And it's not fuck you in front of me. It's fuck you to myself. But it's not in a self-hatred way. It's the part of your brain that wants to limit you. It's the part of your brain that was complacent 20 years ago, 50 years ago, five minutes ago, who wants to just sit around, laze around, be a fucking piece of shit. You know, it's all that type of stuff. It's you and you, man. It really is. And you've got to apply the enough weight on the barbell where you have to solely focus on, I, I, gotta, I gotta sit my ass down and I gotta get my ass back up. Because this Bible wants to break me. It is a hard object. The floor is a hard object. We are soft objects. Logic dictates that that soft object is going to break. It's probably not wise to get in between them, but we do anyway, you know. And it's that mental and spiritual journey. I think that that is the biggest thing that has taught me from the Bible. And yeah, okay, bone density. You feel better you know, you look better, you move better. Yeah, whatever. Like, I think that's all secondary. It's the lessons that you learn upstairs, man. And, oh, okay, cool. Like, to the point in which you can grind out a squat, a deadlift, a bench press, an overhead press, a fucking pull-up, it doesn't matter. And your hearing goes for a split second because you just, you are grinding it out and you're able to be able to force yourself through that. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm a little bit tougher and a little bit more resilient than I once thought, you know. Maybe I can walk into that room and not take the boss's shit. Maybe I can do this thing and I can step outside, even though I got a shit wicked load of social anxiety. You know, you prove your own competence and you end up developing that confidence. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the more that you can prove that worst side of you wrong Mm. the more that every single time you do that you just minimize it even more as time goes on right and like that voice inside of you that's like hey you can't do this or you shouldn't do this or you should just give up the more you can prove it wrong the more it really opens up a million different infinite possibilities for you moving forward and I, I could not have said it better. I do think that the more that you minimize that self-doubt and the more that you prove yourself wrong. And going back to your point about you're not really self-hating. You're more so trying to battle against the part that is maybe more toxic for you or more um, less resilient and also 
more comfortable with just simply kicking back on the couch and having a beer. The more you can just try to kill as much as that as you possibly can, the easier it's going to be for you and other endeavors for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, you're not wrong about that spiritual journey, man. I am a way better person and a way more mature person with way better ha- habits and way more self-awareness like we talked about um, just be simply from p- picking up the barbell and getting stronger and doing something that's hard, you know, and, and you're going back to the comparison thing. I know, I, I know, I know I'm not going to be number one, but going from where I started to where I am now, everything is like a brand new experience for me. I never thought that I would ever be squatting over 400 pounds back when I was like 18 years old. Uh, never thought that I would be climbing up and doing like national competitions. Uh, so everything that I'm experiencing now, as I'm getting closer to like the peak age of powerlifting is just a brand new welcomed experience that is brought to me by the work that I did previously, by the times that I refused to give in by the times that I proved myself wrong. I'm just now 10 years later reaping those rewards and kind of goes back to that meme of like the person mining and they quit right at the very, very edge of the diamond. Um, I think a lot of people do that. And a lot of people never really fully self-actualize in what they actually spend their time doing. And that's got to be the most tragic thing. And I'm just lucky enough to know that powerlifting is my thing Mm. and to know that I'm going to do it until the wheels fall off and see how far I can get. And I think ultimately everyone has, everyone deserves that chance and needs to take that chance in terms of dedicating themselves completely to something that they can see themselves doing until they're no more. Mm. Do hard things. It makes you better. That's the thesis, man. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me again. I really appreciate the time and uh, always a great conversation with you, man. Mate, pull up a chair whenever you want, sit at this table and talk some shit with me. You are welcome. And uh, thanks for uh, fitting us into your mental, mental Sunday. So thank you, brother. This is a great break, man. Always great talking to you. Looking forward to the uh, ending the trilogy, or if you That's will. That's it, man. Of course. That's it, man. That's got to be the next step. But uh, no, we'll, we'll follow up. And uh, thanks again for having me. Always a good time. And uh, thanks for staying up so late to chat with me, man. <laughs> Always, man. You know, I'll let you know when I'm stateside and we'll get a lift in. Sounds great. My man. All right. Have a good Sunday. Speak soon. Sounds good. Take care. Bye, everybody.